And so, if your heart is not right with the Lord, this is the time to get it right, or you should have done that already. And so, we have already broken bread together in the, uh, as far as our Sunday dinner, it's time to break bread together regarding communion service. If you are not saved, uh, you need to get saved. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to get saved before we take communion. So for those of us who are already saved, Let's go to the throne of grace and confess our sins, our failures, and our faults unto the Lord if you have not done so. Sound check? Sound check. Good. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for a magnificent day already. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for the previous prayer times and times around your Holy Word. Lord, even uh, the prayer time in the back earlier today. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you on this Communion Sunday <clears throat> for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word, and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us.
and we thank you for giving up your son the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins. was buried and rose on the third day by your power for our sins and help us never to forget this is uh, the center of our faith with all everything else that is going on around us he is the center of our faith many beautiful songs have been written about the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. One comes to mind today, the blood of Jesus Christ shall never lose its power, no matter what happens in this world. And so, Holy Father God, we thank you for that truth. And we thank you for his shed blood and him allowing his body to be broken for our sins. Lord, help us to not move too far away from that and to always keep that at the center of our hearts and minds, even though there are many other things going on. in the world. And so, Holy Father God, we individually, for those of us who are saved, we individually uh, confess, Lord, our sins, our failures, and our faults unto you, for those of us who are saved. And for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Wash and cleanse our hearts, our minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the precious blood of Christ, and make us to be whiter than the snow on the inside. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would, for those of us who truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and are born again, that you would create within us a pure heart and a right spirit more and more and manifest your fruits from our lives. And Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, and other people in our family who are religious and lost uh, on both sides. And I pray, Lord, for millions to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith, including pastors uh, who have allowed the abomination of homosexuality and adultery, and swinging, 
and fornication, anything goes into your church. No wonder you're rebuking us and chastising us with all kinds of plagues and wars and uh, shortages. Thank you, Lord, for doing so. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us so much that you will not allow us to continue in sin without chastisement and rebuke. For you have said that because I love you, I rebuke you and chastise you. So Holy Father God, as you led me to pray at the very beginning of the plague, be thorough with us, break us and make us and mold us to be what you would have us to be in your church so that when we fly away Lord you will say to us one day well done thou good and faithful servant and uh, Holy Father God some are going to be shocked because they served in the church they did mighty wonderful things in the church but you're going to say to them I never knew you and so Lord I pray for people in the church who are just lost they have never been saved I know that my sweet charismatics and my sweet evangelicals and my sweet Baptists do not like this kind of praying because we're all supposed to be so wonderful and so perfect so great in the church but we're far from it so many of us we could not possibly have this much hellaciousness going on in the church today if everybody was saved. And so, because my wife, uh, as her pastor and as her husband, I do not believe that she's saved based upon 34 years of bad behavior, she will not be taking communion tonight. Uh, everyone else will, and until she comes to know you as Savior in a real sense and humbles herself down and and admits that and uh, and admit that she has been masquerading as a Christian all of these years not loving her children not willing to say I love you to her children not willing to hug her children not willing to feed her children as she should and having to be uh, made to do so for 34 years is just not uh, the mark of a Christian woman and many other things that I have not mentioned and I do pray that you would open her blinded eyes unstop her deaf ears and save her soul and I thank you for giving me your grace and your agape love uh, to uh, let her stay here and uh, remain as my wife because that's what she said she wants to do uh, but Lord I'm concerned about her soul uh, after all of these years and having told her this for the past 34 years when I found out that she was not born again. And also, Holy Father God, help the people who are listening in 
and who are shocked that I would say such things. Lord, I pray that they would examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. For that's all that matters, that they come to know your Savior. And it's more you're giving me the liberty to do this now after 34 years of talking with her and dealing with her um, about this. Uh, I thank you for the liberty to express this openly and publicly and uh, instead of and instead of people being shocked that I would do so that they would pray for her salvation I believe that if my wife thought that I was lost uh, and she accused me of being a phony a Christian masquerading as a Christian I would take that very seriously and I am her husband and her only pastor for all of these years. And uh, uh, she needs to take that very seriously and not hold on because of pharaohistic Jamaican pride <coughs> and hold on to that um, little activity she did in church, which most of us have done. I did it too. I was baptized, I spoke in tongues, I shouted out the back door of the church, was lost and on my way to hell until I got saved, December the 19th, 1979. And so, Lord, uh, I pray for everybody before they take communion today to make sure that they are born again and saved and filled with your Holy Spirit. And with, the, with a mind to serve you and be obedient to you. For as you blessed me to preach last night and bless the people, that is not about us. It's about you in us, the hope of glory. You're the one. I'm not preaching tonight because uh, I have to to get saved. I'm preaching tonight and every night because I am saved and you're the one who leads all of that and drives all of that. And it is a joy to do so. Even though in the flesh sometimes I don't feel like it. But once I obey you, you take over. And you do what you want done in the earth. Uh, and in the words of uh, Irma Bombeck that my daughter Danita Evangeline White mentions all of the time is a joy and a blessing to have the mentality to wear out for you to the point that once we get to heaven on the other side on that beautiful strand we would have used up everything you gave us and we have no more to give uh, uh, on earth. That's a beautiful thought. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ <coughs> uh, that also, Lord, not only during the service, but after the service, uh, for Lord, so many people, including my wife, can 
uh, put on the dog during church and be like the Brady Bunch in church. But the Adams family when church is over. And uh, she has been that way for over 34 years. And uh, uh, and so I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know as your servant and as a man and as a husband and as a preacher over 42 years, thank you, that that's not how it's supposed to be. acting hellacious, prideful, stubborn, rebellious, uh, disrespectful, bad attitude, bad spirit, all the way up until the services, and change and act like you're supposed to act during services, and then right after services, back to acting like the devil and a witch practicing witchcraft, rebelliousness and stubbornness and foolishness, making her children's life miserable to the point where I am uh, and have considered and have done uh, letting my children move on in life and move away from the house to get out from under her pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, and witchcraft. And I am so thrilled that they have done so well just from your leading me to train them so well and they're not perfect and they can be influenced by evil people but uh, for my daughter Danny and my second daughter Danita uh, to be living in a mansion and uh, drive down here to see me in a new Mercedes Valley 30 Danita, not in, not 30 yet. In just a few short years, you have blessed them tremendously. My son went out and became uh, number one in his field, and uh, and is doing well. And all three have supported the ministry here down through the years. And so, Lord, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And even though uh, my baby daughter really does not want to go, I'm considering letting them go earlier and sooner than the other children as long as they are safe with their sisters. And uh, even though, 
and that's the main reason to get out from under the terror of their mother who to this very day has not shown the proper love to her children has not helped her children with their schoolwork as she should uh, has to be told to fix them food even to this very day to the point that these children her daughters have to spontaneously uh, rebuke her for her foolishness in keeping up confusion. And uh, Lord, I know we have some sweet evangelicals and some sweet charismatics and some sweet Baptists do not like this truth telling especially about the woman, the wife, and the mother who is untouchable in the church because the church and the pastors and the pastor's wives have allowed the demonic spirit of Jezebel in the church. And my wife has been a Jezebel for many years and has carried the spirit of Jezebel, but I am not Ahab, and I have not allowed her to get away with it. And I have insisted on her doing her job. And that's not how it's supposed to be in any marriage and in any family. The men do not mind me, for the most part, telling the truth about this, but some of them are so uh, Ahabish. Uh, and under the thumb of their wives that they will try to come against me just like so many wives and pastors wives are coming against me now hoping some might be praying that my wife would divorce me and yet she's here right now tonight serving in the ministry as she has for over 34 years if she chooses to leave that'll be fine if she chooses to stay, that'll be fine. And she has chosen to stay. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for her salvation. She'll be the first one, I believe, in her family truly born again and changed. And a lot of it is a matter of pharaohistic Jamaican pride, which has never been con told to them, to their faces, like I have told them. And, uh, and it's a very, very bad thing. I've seen so many Jamaican pastors married to Jamaican wives, ministries are destroyed because of the Jezebel prideful spirit. And so, Lord, I pray that she will allow your Holy Ghost to help humble her down and do as I had to do. I was religious, but I was lost. And I can, I can get her to pray a prayer. I did it when Danny was a baby. Danny would not even remember it. She was the baby, the old, my oldest child with my wife. 
while I was praying with her and trying to lead her mother to the Lord, she was lying on the bed, uh, cooing and everything, and I remember it very clearly. That was the last time that I tried to pray with her to get saved, but I have talked with her about it so many times since then. And so, Lord, today, until she's willing to do this on her own, I will not be offering communion to her. Uh, but everybody else can receive it if they know that they're saved and born again and uh, are not living in sin. I had the privilege and the joy of baptizing, leading to the Lord, leading to you, and baptizing all seven of my children. And so, Holy Father God, I pray now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that throughout this service and throughout tonight you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell, the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of Marika White's life and everybody else's life who has that problem. Lord, in our family and outside of our family and other families and in churches around the world because there is something desperately wrong. She's not the only one, I suspect, of not being saved, but hundreds and thousands of other pastors and pastors' wives based upon their fruits, based upon the evil that they have done, swinging, adultery, fornication, allowing homosexual couples as members of the church, uh, thus destroying your church. And so, Holy Father God, so many churches have been shut down now. Over 50% of the pastors, if not more, have quit because these people have never been born again. They have never been saved. We have a, we have a church full of people who are counterfeits, phonies, and fakes. And Lord, we pray that they would not take communion. Not only that, we have millions who are dead for taking communion unworthily, either not saved or practicing sin while saved. Many pastors who were giving communion and taking communion are dead today. They never thought that, they, that you would get around to them. They never truly believed this passage that I'm getting ready to read that they should not take communion unworthily. Uh, but millions are dead. Pastors, pastors' wives, trustees, deacons, so-called church leaders are dead because they did not take communion with the right reverence and respect for you. And so, Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight, Rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons, and his hosts from Marika White's life my, uh, and everybody else's life in our family and everywhere else and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And uh, Holy Father God, let your will be done.
Help us to glorify your holy name. Lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who are grieving and mourning. And draw them to yourself for salvation. Thank you for this magnificent Sunday morning and early afternoon and evening and an old-fashioned great Sunday meal. I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor, and the thanksgiving. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray. On the same night in which he was betrayed, Jesus Christ was betrayed by Judas, a man who had been in church for three and a half years with Jesus Christ as the pastor. He also had a position in the church. He was the one who carried the bag. We would call him the treasurer. And he was probably the first treasurer who stole money from the church. We have seen many since. Some sweet old ladies have embezzled thousands of dollars from the church to go and gamble in Las Vegas. Some deacons and some trustees got sticky fingers too. They're Judases. They have the spirit of Judas. And you have a Judas in your little church. Your family is a church, whether you believe it or not. The church started in the home. And I have told men, you're the pastor of your family, not the pastor at the church. You're the bishop at your, at your house. And many of you have found that out because you've been having church at home with great delight. Because you don't have to go to... Uh, a church with a bunch of entertainment and foolishness and courting and lusting and whoring around somebody trying to get somebody and young men miming and other such demonic foolishness spending a whole two hours before the preaching and then another two hours spending a half an hour with the offering you have you have found out the church is good at home and you're the pastor but you have a Judas in your home you have a family member who will sail you down the river and who will betray you that's the nature of the beast in every church there's a Judas if Jesus had a Judas and God had a Judas. You have a Judas too if you mean business for God. God will, if you will, allow it to break you, to make you, to mold you, to feel the pain of being betrayed. Probably the worst pain in the world. The pain of being betrayed by somebody you thought loved you and you loved them. 
betrayed by somebody who you married, betrayed by somebody who you raised, or betrayed by another family member or friend. We all have Judas's if you mean business for Jesus, if you mean business for God. God's Judas was Satan himself, hovering over him, envious of him, wanting to take over his throne. That's why we called him Satan the devil. His first name was Lucifer. And Satan is so bad now, even the word Lucifer sounds bad. Somebody had the audacity to make a show called Lucifer. And so you have a Judas led by the devil, and you have Satan too, who lets you know up front he's out to destroy you. Anyway, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, beloved, before we finish communion, I told you and I promised you that I will give you an opportunity to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. And if you want to be saved today, if you want to be born again today, God is willing. Jesus Christ is willing to save you. Are you willing, are you ready and willing to turn from darkness to light? For Jesus Christ said people who uh, don't want to get saved, they love darkness more than they love light. In other words, they love sin more than they love righteousness. And if you are not willing to turn from your sin, which you instinctively know that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you must do, then uh, you, you're not, uh, you're not uh, choosing and, uh, to get saved today because you still have in your heart sin and how that you want to continue to commit sin. This is why you say, Preacher, I know you're right. I, I know Jesus Christ is real, uh, but I'm, I'm not quite ready yet. I, I, let me get myself cleaned up. You know why you're saying that? Because you instinctively know that once you trust Christ as Savior, you can't live like that anymore. The way that you're living. You instinctively know that you ought to repent once you come to Jesus. So if you want to be saved today, my dear friend, first accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws, God's Ten Commandments, that we don't take seriously, but God does. See, that's all that matters. Jesus does. Because, see, God knows how destructive sin is. And that's the reason why he wants to save you from your sins and from hell. Because sin leads to hell. 
and sin leads to destruction in this life. You know why there's so many lives broken? Because we have broken God's Ten Commandments, thinking that we can do what we want to do when we want to do it. And many years are wasted because of sin, evil, and foolishness. You say, well, what, what is sin, preacher? Lying. Like misheard. Committing perjury. By the way, she may go to jail for that. Lying on her former husband in front of the world. Lying is a terrible thing. And God does not play. Stealing. You call yourself saved in the church, but you, you rob God? You say, how did I rob God? You robbed God with your tithes and offerings. You're a thief. I'm reminded of a story where the pastor drove up to the church on Sunday morning. He put a lock on his steering wheel. He chained his car to the pole. And the people, the parishioners were marching into the church and they stopped. They were shocked to see the pastor chaining up his car. And they stopped and said, Pastor, why are you locking your car like that at church? Because I checked y'all's giving records. If you rob God, you rob me. So I'm chaining up my car. I don't trust you. You steal from your spouse. You steal from your family. And then lie about it. You're not saved. You're going to hell. Not, it's not a one-time. It's not a one-time thing. Uh, with your doing that, you do it all the time, all the time. You, in fact, you can't even stop it because you're not saved. You don't have the regulator on the inside of you. See, and it won't stop until you get born again. You can lie looking at somebody straight in their face and not bat an eye. You've trained yourself to do that. You lie so much that you believe the lies yourself. You have not been born again. You have not been saved. Lusting is a sin. Coveting after people and things. My sweet evangelicals and my sweet charismatics and my sweet independent Baptists, my sweet uh, Southern Baptists and my sweet national about they don't like to hear preaching like this right here see because they get convicted and the reason why they get convicted is because they're not saved they're churchmen and church women they're good at church and looking churchy and saying churchy things but they have never been born again if this is the pattern of your life by the way, there's no such thing as being addicted to anything as a Christian. 
If you're born again and if you're saved, you might sin, but you admit that it is a sin. It's not an addiction. There's no such thing as pornography addiction. Being addicted to pornography. Not if you're born again. Not if you're saved. Say, preacher, how do you know that? Nobody loves beautiful women like me. Nobody on God's green earth. I think the way God made women is the most beautiful thing he ever did in the history of the world. There's nothing like a beautiful woman. That's why they use beautiful women to sell cars, houses, lands, computers, and everything else. Vacuum cleaners, because they know if they can get that beautiful woman on that screen with that vacuum cleaner, that man is going to stay put until that commercial is over. So don't tell me. But the reason why I know there's no such thing as pornography addiction, it's not about willpower, it's about Jesus power, the Jesus on the inside of you, who will say, I don't like that, and I don't want you doing that. You're lusting, and then you're masturbating, thinking about somebody you can't have. You're trying to go around me, like Saul did to the witch of Endor. And I don't want that in your life. And he's going to tell you that if you're saved. Deep down on the inside. And if you don't want to get chastised and rebuked by God in Jesus, which is very painful. And uh, increasingly so if you don't do what he tells you to do. Then evidently you're not born again. You're not saved. That's all there is to that, people. It's no struggle. It's a temptation. But there's no addiction. And when you fall into that and you do something evil like that, don't try to blame it on an addiction. Admit that you're just evil and you're wrong and you did wrong and confess it as sin before God, especially before you take communion. That's what saved people do. They don't blame it on uh, an addiction. Because, see, when you blame it on an addiction, you make excuses for what you're doing. That's all. Trying to justify it in a slick psychological way. Same thing for being a thief, a person who claims they can't stop stealing. They have money, but they still want to steal. They, they, you know why? Because they love the thrill of stealing. See, there's an uh, evil to the evil. People, many people love evil because it is evil. Augustine opened our eyes to that. He said he stole not because he was hungry. He stole because it was evil to steal. Many people got caught up in homosexuality that way. They did. They know it's contrary to God's will and to nature. And so they did it and what? They got stuck. They got caught up in it. And now they can't, they say they can't get out. It's like the woman who said in the commercial, I have fallen and I can't get up. 
See, this is the reason why God does not want you to get involved with evil, sin, in the first place, because it's like quicksand. It starts to take you down. How about uh, dishonoring your parents, disobeying your parents? Do you know I believe most teenagers and most young adults have a spirit of rebelliousness and hatred in their hearts towards their parents naturally? I know I was that way. I, I had the most loving uh, father ever. He never even whipped me. He loved me so much. And, and yet I hated, I hated, I hated him with the passion. But still had the audacity to ask him for his car. To go do my dirt. So don't be shocked when your children hate you. And despise you. Now, saved children ought not to be that way. But some who claim to be saved act that way. And then how about dishonoring God by taking his holy name in vain? Talking about, oh my blank. God does not like that. You may think that's cute. And he's not that happy about... Uh, OMG. That's a slang term now. And so you have broken God's Ten Commandments. I just named five of God's Ten Commandments that you've broken. And, and some of us have broken them many times. So we're sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. You're going to die like everybody else. And the reason why you're going to die, and this is a revelation to you, because it was a revelation to me, some 42 years ago. I was afraid of death. Death spooked me. When the lady across the street died. That was an ordeal to me. Way back in James City. Down in the cut. When my friend Junior died next door. He drowned one sad. These were dreary days. And when you don't understand wh why you die. And you think that you're dying because of a car accident, because of cancer, or because of a drowning, which was the case in, in Junior's case. And you don't understand why death is. That's a frightening thing. But God showed me from the word what death is and why death comes. Death comes because of our sin. We do not die because of the coronavirus. We do not die from a shooting. We do not die from cancer. All of this death that we are witnessing today comes from our sin. And not only the people who die get hurt first and then die, but we feel the pain, the family feels the pain for the rest of their lives. Bunk 
the five steps of grieving. There's no such thing, people. People grieve until they die. That's how bad death is. Death is not a not not a a, a part of life, like the psychologists and the and the philosophers tell you. Man, it is the end of life on this beautiful ball called Earth. Do you hear me? There's nothing pretty about death. You cannot death dress. Uh, you cannot dress death up to try to put it in a nice little neat box and five steps. So there's no such thing. The people in uh, Uvalde, even the ones who did not lose a child, will never get over that. I was glad to hear the cheap government officials say we're going to raise this building, we're going to destroy this building on the ground, these children will never go to school again. I was glad to hear it. Burn it down to the ground. Because every time somebody goes by there, if you try to make those people take their children, they, they're not, uh, they can't do that. They're going to be crying taking their children to school. They will be in pain for the rest of their life. One husband was in so much pain about his dear wife who died. He had a heart attack. He couldn't take it. He died of a broken heart. Big old tough man. And bless his heart, he loved that woman. Thank God for the men who got a wife they love. I mean, they're crazy about it to the point. I, I, I just, I can't go on without you, baby. Huh? That's a good thing. And those of us who don't have that, you don't need to be mad at them. You ought to be happy for them. No, no, no five, six, seven steps of grief, man. You'd never get over this. Death, death is designed to do that. Death will kill your loved one and then start the process of killing you for the rest of your life. That's how bad death is, man. This, I mean, do not take this stuff lightly. Death is a bad boy. It's punishment for our sins. What sins, you say, preacher? Lying, stealing, lusting after somebody else's wife, looking at pornography, lusting your heart out after people who are all made up with rubber and plastic and everything else, and you lusting your heart out at them, and you can't have them. They just making money off of you. Dis, uh, disrespecting and disobeying your parents, dishonoring your parents, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain, adultery, fornication, homosexuality. Yes, homosexuality is a sin, and it is beyond the sin in God's sight. It is an abomination. You're joining the devil in attempting to turn God's world upside down, and he does not take that lightly. And understand something about death. God wants you to know 
<coughs> that if he would allow you to die because of your sins, if he will allow you to die because of your sins from this beautiful whitish, greenish, bluish ball call, called earth hanging on nothing but his power, he will allow you to go to hell if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. So third, accept the fact, dear friend, that you're on the road to hell as I speak. Be you in the church or out of the church, religious or irreligious, Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in God's sight. He died for our sins. His son, Jesus Christ, was buried and rose on the third day. But you will go to hell if you reject Jesus Christ, or you neglect to believe in him because you jam, jam, boogie, boogie, and letting the good times roll, trying to get your groove on, thinking that you have time. But you can go into a grocery store and be out of time. You can sit down in an elementary school and be out of time. You can be in a hospital serving patients and be out of time. You can be at a party and be out of time. You can be at your grandson's graduation and be out of time. You can die anywhere today. So it behooves you to get ready. Don't neglect this great salvation. Don't put it off. Accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 through 48, by the way, Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody else in the Bible. More than the prophets. More than the apostles. More than the Bible writers. Because he knows better than anybody else how terrible hell is. He said, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Your hand causes you to sin. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, it's a nasty situation in hell. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. I Listen now, these are the words of Jesus. That never shall be quenched. You do not want to go, you should not want to go to a place where the fire is never quenched. There's no fire department. There's no fire truck. The fire continues. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, plug it out. 
that either loves to look at behind parts uh, on Pornhub and breasts that don't belong to you. Pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Now, do you think Jesus is playing? Read your Bible. God does not play. Jesus does not play. They don't do that. They don't kid. They, they don't play games. They don't lie to you and say, I just told y'all that to scare you so that you'll get saved. They don't do that like we do. They don't think like us and we don't think like them. Where their worm dieth not in the fire, the fire, the fire is not quenched. Hell is a sad place. Hell is a bad place. Hell is a place of torment and pain throughout eternity. And hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. And yes, you can get saved today before we take communion. And if you're with a group of people, wherever you are in the world, they have communion stuff available for you to take communion with us. The good news over against the bad news is really good news. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most wonderful, and most important words in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell forever. There's no annihilation. You will suffer for your sins Throughout eternity. That's what the Bible says. That's what God's word says. But have everlasting life if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everlasting life means to go to heaven with God and with Jesus. But you must go his way. Church membership is not his way. Speaking in some unknown tongue is not his way. That has no bearing on whether or not you're saved. It's religious activity. Singing in the choir is not his way. Giving millions of dollars to the church will not get you into heaven. You can give a billion dollars. That will not save you. The false prosperity gospel will not save you. You can have a big fine house on Porkchop Hill, drive three cars, and still die and go to hell. Getting baptized will not save you. None of these things will save you. Some of these things are good after you get saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do what Jesus told you to do. Believe in him. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe his gospel that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him.
pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today and he will save you. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, there's that word whosoever again, whosoever means anybody at any time, no matter what you have done or who you did it with. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Hell, fire, forever. See, the reason why I preach the way I do and I emphasize that, because I'm doing that for religious folks like me. I was religious. My mother made me religious. In other words, I was in church. I got baptized at the age of 12. I was on the morning's bench when I was about 16. I had to prove that I was saved, so I got tired of that woman spitting in my ear, and I got up and spoke a little tongue thing and, and, and shouted backwards. They, ought to, they should have known right then the boy was not right. Shouted right out the front door of the church with a chopping motion. Lost and on my way to hell. And I knew I was lost. But here's what I did not know. I, I never in all of those years thought I was on my way to hell. That's what's so frightening. I should be in hell. I deserve to be in hell. But by the grace of God, on December the 19th, 1979, somebody showed me what I just showed you. And I said... That's all it takes to get saved. And I got saved that night. And you can get saved tonight. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Call on his name to save your soul and he will save you. Follow me in prayer if you want to get saved. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, don't say it if you don't mean it. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I admit that I have sinned against you. I've done evil in your sight repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. For I believe the best way I know how. With all of my heart. In your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power, by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to truly repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle. 
and to follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the newness of life. For it is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. Congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. For Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, dear friends, let's return to our communion service, if you will, already in progress. And those of you who just got saved, you're welcome to take communion right where you are. The Christians around you will help you. On the same night in which he was betrayed, Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you. Lord Jesus Christ, for allowing your body to be broken for our wicked, evil, and ungodly sins. Thank you for choosing to die for our sins, having never sinned yourself in word, thought, or deed. And so, Holy Father God, help us never to forget it and help us to act like we have never forgotten it by being obedient to you who said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. John 6.58 says, This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Take and eat. In the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your precious blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. To cover our sins and to wash them away. And Lord, help us never to forget it. Help us to always remember it whenever we take communion. And uh, in between communions, help us to remember that you said, if you love me, keep my commandments. For a Christian is not only a Christian, but a disciple. And we must practice your discipline. Help us to do that going forward and be faithful until the end. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. The blood of Jesus Christ had to be shed for our sins. He is the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God for the sins of the whole world, not only the Jews. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Take, after they had finished the first supper, they sang a hymn and went out into the night. Now as we close this service, which happens to be at night time, this time, let us sing the song that has been chosen.